Hello everyone, welcome to episode 28 of the Time In Podcast. After last week's serious note, we've went for full-on childish this week and we're discussing all things Pokemon. As we're almost, well, I'm almost 30 years of age, but that's what we're discussing this week. Um, just you and I uh, on today's episode. You and how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Quite excited for this and she... So we, we had a phone call today, probably about, it's about 11-ish, because we were still at work. And when you suggested that, I thought, this is a banger. And it's a funny story to do with age and that, but we'll get to that later. I know that's going to come when we start talking about what gens we picked up first. And yeah. I know I know it's coming. I've already prepared myself. I'm drinking alcohol on a Monday. It's your fault. It's nothing to do with that, actually. It was just the way you worded it. Well, we're talking about our favourites, and you and I, Charizard was my favourite, when, but it was just because I was, I was young, because <laughs> I was a Wayne. Now it's changed. I'm like, <laughs> so you've matured your choice, and your favourite Pokemon has matured. I thought, oh, that's good. <laughs> oh mate anyway um, just before we get into the episode um, Ewan's going to give us a little plug for Rogue Energy that's it aye just put that coffee down there <laughs> oh uh, Rogue Energy is a replacement for an energy drink zero sugar loads of caffeine it's great for concentration it comes in all kinds of flavours so if you're not a fan of coffee but you want the benefit look for Rogue they had big Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday, then they changed it to Cyber Week. So you should be able to get about 30% if you use that. Um, so I then I use their code this week. <laughs> Go back to yeah. the Diamond Podcast for 10% off the week after. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, You still use your on... link, actually. You still use your link. Right, okay. But so you still need discount code. Yeah. Cool. Um, we are looking at sponsors. We're probably going to mix it up and get something more podcast related, something more close to home for us, and something maybe a bit more lucrative for you guys. And you might think, do you know what? This this may be worth a shout. But brilliant. So we're going to start off today, and we're going to just start off with my favourite word in the podcast, and that's nostalgia. <laughs> so we're going all the way back to so within the UK, it was nineteen ninety eight. When Pokemon kicked off, it was 1996 in Japan. Um, the name Pokemon actually translates to Pocket Monsters in Japanese, if you didn't know. And uh, yeah, let's let's just start off. You and what's what's your earliest memories? What was the kind of the thing that really kicked off? Because anybody born in the 90s era, it was obviously a massive part of their childhood. Um, well, for what I remember, it was primary. I think it was two, maybe three for us at school. So we'd have been seven or eight, roughly. I had Pokemon Silver. Bundy had Pokemon Gold. I had the green Game Boy Color, and he had the purple one. And that was the first games we played. I already feel old. So your first gen was what? Gen 2, so gold and silver. Basically, I mean, at that point, I had watched the TV show. But that was the first game I'd played, and um, for then I think it was that that was probably what started the addiction to that kind of game. That was that that, that could have been the first RPG I played, really. That's technically, it. yeah, yeah, technically it is. I've tried, I've tried uh, but that was class. That was really it probably is that was. Uh, and then um, it, obviously it, it's all a bit of a blur, but that sort of section that was what started it. And then it was cards, and then it was discovering that. Not all the colours were actually the same game because you would get a like, gold, silver, crystal, diamond. Yeah. No, it was crystal. That was yeah, crystal. so how the, 
how the platform worked is well up until recent games is that it would always be there would be two variations that would have different uh, Pokemon available in each. Uh, the later games actually have different variations in gym leaders, etc. But then what they would always do is after a period of time they would release like a slightly more extended version. So for example, example red and blue, then you got yellow, gold and silver, then it was crystal. Um, and then you had Ruby and Sapphire, and you had Emerald. Emerald, thank you very much. <laughs> but um, yeah, for anyone born in the nineties, it was the biggest phenomenon you've ever seen. As you look into sort of recent ages, people would obviously shout about things like Fortnite mm-hmm. with kids. Pokemon shot on that in regards to the quantity and size. Everybody, everybody, and their dog was playing, watching, um, collecting. Like I said, we'll go into sort of separate seg- uh, segments to discuss. But I'm going to start off with the games because this is probably going to be the beefiest chunk. So just to give you some things, this is insane. So I've actually pulled this list off. Um, hopefully this isn't coming too much through my microphone. What else to do this? So... 1996, you got red, green, and blue. Um, 1998, you got yellow, along with red and blue re-released within the UK. 1999, you got gold and silver. 2000, you got crystal. 2002, you got ruby and sapphire. Then 2004, which was a big year, you got fire red, leaf green, emerald. And then this is where I got lost, because I stopped after Gen 3, to be honest. Oh, I I went one generation after you, then probably diamond. So that's what I'm touching on now. So it's Diamond and Pearl, which is 2006. 2008 was Platinum. Now, the one I'm about to say, and it'll kind of go into our question section at the end, but I rate it as the best games. 2009, Heart, Gold and Soul Silver. Did you play them on the DS? The remakes of Gold and Silver? No. I'm trying to think what I had. I don't know if it was Diamond and... What was... It went diamond, then Soul Silver and Heart Gold were like remakes of the original. I missed that. The second then, of the second gen, yeah. I didn't get that, and then when the three DS came out, I ended up buying one of them to play a later one. Could have been X or Y or something. Right. Well, after uh, obviously Heart Gold and Soul Silver in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, you had Black and White. Uh, two thousand and twelve, Black Two and White Two. Um, two thousand and thirteen, X and Y. 2014, the remakes of 3rd Gen, which is Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Uh, 2016 for Sun and Moon. 2017 for Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, 2018 for Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And then the latest one was last year, which was Sword and Shield. That's not including things like Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon Snap. That's it's, it's madness. And when you actually think next year marks the 25th anniversary so that shows you the longevity of Pokemon as a brand. So that's that's me since I was four. Can I ask you an obvious thing? An obvious thing that's jumping out to me. See when games bring out a DLC. Yes. And we sort of, between our group, between the three as we almost give it a review and we talk to each other about it. And one thing that we'd always pick up on is when they reuse content. Is this reusing content or is this playing on nostalgia? I reckon it there's a fine line with this, I would say. Making sure so, it's available in all current gens, I think, is a no-brainer, but they've sort of went nuts with it. The only thing I would say, when they do the remakes, it looks completely different. So, obviously, when you get remakes of older games, 
say, Xbox 360 games to Xbox One, for example, yeah. there's a very minute difference. Like To give you an example, Fire Red to Leaf Green, which was the remakes of Gen 1, the quality difference of it was surreal. It, so I get what you mean, and there is a bit of that, but actually, in the most recent game, Sword and Shield, they have took away the aspect of releasing a third game. So a lot of people joked it'd be Sword, Shield, and Gun. Obviously, you can't do that for a kid's game. But um, they actually have a season a season pass with DLC, so they've actually moved towards that now. And they did receive yeah. a bit of criticism for it, but it's this way you're not happy. You're not buying a third game, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's a list. That's obviously the main franchise games. There's so many spin-offs from that. Um, talk us a bit about, so you started in Gold and Silver, yeah? Yeah, so uh, playing that in the Game Boy, and then myself and Bundy played all the exact same games all the way through. Um, almost at the same time so his will be similar to mine's if not more I think he went to Canada and got a version of a game early if I remember correctly anyway um, so once we played through the bulk of silver and gold that and we were like, uh, uh, I knew gold was the same as silver blah blah we knew crystal was the same and then we seen red and blue and we, we just sort of dismissed it because we were that young at the time and then when we eventually got it we realised it was a different game which was pretty cool because we'd never played it before what 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 was it that kind of made you think, wow, this is such an amazing game? So, for example, when we talk about games like Halo 3, it's the crazy campaign, the music, the action, or Destiny, it's the gun gameplay. What, what do you think it was that made Gold and Silver, because that's obviously probably your favourites by what you're saying, what made it such a solid game that you always look back and go, that was the game of my childhood? Because, to be honest, it's the majority of people's I'll tell you exactly what it was when you're that age games are simple they're not complex maybe just try and go for AEB or whatever this was like an adventure that you were having and then when you tie that in with the the sort of the world so when you watch the TV show you see they're on an adventure they've got their own team is that Mm. what it's called? their own team yeah so team being able to go into your own adventure, have your own team of the exact ones you want and work your way through it and then get your own badges. That was pretty cool. You could go on it, you know, when it was like, oh, it's raining outside, we'll just sit and play the computer all day. Same thing, it's just, I'll sit and go on an adventure on my Game Boy kind of thing. and you could play it anywhere. That was another thing. You didn't have to be sitting at the house. So if you're, I don't know, you're going to the shops with your mum and dad when you're at primary school, like, oh, they want to go to the shops, but I'll take my Game Boy. You know, you can, you can do that kind of thing. I know the, the accessibility of handheld gaming is mad and, Certainly, I made. I took a long break from it, and then I purchased the Switch, but it's a fully handheld one. I'm not going to lie, it was amazing. So, like, I'd be travelling for work quite a lot, take it on planes, take it about with me. Um, doesn't matter where you are, you can pick it up, and I think uh, the accessibility of that and the simplicity of it was one of the reasons, certainly, why I would always go back to it. So I would agree, agree with you on that factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... What was it with you? <laughs> For me, so obviously I am slightly older. Really? Slightly. Nobody's ever don't, mentioned that. Don't look at today. I've had a shave today. <laughs> but, That's true. Um, you, you, you look probably the same age as me today. I'll probably, but... probably like I've aged about 20 years, bags under my eyes, no shave, no near car, kind of thing, just rough. Just because uh, you've painted constantly. But for me, I, I started with red and blue, so it was red I purchased first of all. Young boy, dragons, Charizard. You, you know the score. Was that the start um, of your dragon obsession? Fuck. This is deep. 
<laughs> Maybe. Um, two wee seconds. <laughs> two wee seconds to consult my therapist. Ah. <laughs> uh... I think it's quite it's quite interesting that we're almost like a generation apart, and where I might have started. Oh, yeah, whoa, 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 you sorry. That, that sounds so old. That, that sounds, we're a generation apart. Come well, on. you were red. I was silver. We That's a gen- And then, I, so although I've, it's all nah. staggered, I started a generation later, but I probably went off at a generation later. Fuck's sake. Anyway, sorry. Do you remember what I said before we started recording this? And I say, obviously, the cat's in the room. As soon as that wakes up, it's going to start making a noise. I'm watching the camera to see if you end up wrestling it. I've chucked it out. That's why I took a little pause there. But um, yeah, for me, it was red and blue, as a lot of people were. Um, If you remember, it wasn't even released on the Game Boy Color. Um, I played it on the Game Boy Pocket, which was yellow. (laughs) And there was no backup lighting, which was a huge thing for handheld oh. devices at that time. Uh, and it was completely, well, I say black and white, it was like grey shaded. Yeah, you could see and some colours, but you could still tell when there was a shiny. <laughs> well, uh, when you put it into the Game Boy Colour, it put whole shades, so it'd be like white and red as a shade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the funniest memories I can remember is that the amount of batteries you would go through as an example. Or... You would buy these crazy accessories and a Game Boy would end up turning into a Transformer yeah. with the fucking magnifying glass and lights. I can even remember simple things. like I used to play in the car. Like I can't even look at my phone in the car now without feeling ill. But really? I used to play it. So oh, I know I'm old. Fucking leave me alone. But um, you would sit and play it at night driving from somewhere. And uh, you would wait to go under a streetlight so you could see. You'd like, you get flashes there going fast. You're like, right, there we go. <laughs> And uh, silly things I used to do as well um, with the speakers. You could do like wow noise, like a wow effect yeah, over the speaker. Mouth up <laughs> Just stupid stuff. Sticking but, your Game Boy in your mouth. Great idea. I mean, see what you were saying there. Remember the attachments? Everybody had like the clip over magnet with the wee switch light on it. You had like uh, the the plug in. That was they have even been USB. I don't know what kind of plug it was, and it was a wee Cobra. But it was like the bendy wire with a light on it. Oh, and the best thing, yeah, yeah. link cables or cheap exploder cheap cartridges. Oh, mate, <laughs> well, you could just break the game. kicking about somewhere. Infinity rare candy. It'll be worth money. Yeah, that was the big thing. So you could trade. Even in Gen 1, you could trade. And that's a massive accomplishment. If you think where other games were at that time. Trade I think and that's, battle. That's uh, really cool. Uh, what, what was I going to touch on there, actually? It was like... All right, so no matter... Like, What's worth mentioning, see, like what you just said there. Given the technology at the time, how many other games could you go on like a a wide adventure, create your own team, then you could either trade, so interact with other players, or battle them, and that is completely reflective of the world in the game. That's here's some miles ahead. Think of it this way: and I might get shot for saying this. There was no there was no multiplayer games at the time. There was no online games. In 1997? No, you wouldn't have even really got LAN parties, would you? That's Sega Mega Drive era. Jeez. Unless you were... Aye, unless you were... Early PlayStation as well, maybe? Possibly? Uh, I mean, there was was multiplayer that you could plug two controllers and I suppose that's no different if you're doing a link cable between Game Boys, but... ah, These are two separate consoles. What you need to think about is that is two separate consoles. It's not not plugged in the same. You're just amplifying the amount of controllers put in a... PlayStation or a Sega or whatever, so it was a massive leap in that front, but yeah, I started with Red and Blue, um, Red being the first. It's not my favourite game, I 
probably am the same as you. Gold and silver. The remakes actually are my favourites, so Soul Silver and Heart Gold. The reason being is that everything the first game does improves, makes it bigger, and the fact that once you complete the game, so the base game of Gen 2, and then go to get to go back into the base game of Gen 1 again with, really? a incre- with an increased difficulty. Yeah, so once you complete ah. Gen 2's story, you can then go back to Kanto, which is the first area, uh, and then you, you could then... Yeah, it's pretty much two games in one. So for me, I did you ever get stuck were... on silver or gold? By the way, was there any point that got you stuck? I want to see this because I was stuck in it for weeks. Bear in mind, I didn't know to just Google it at the time because presumably I didn't have a computer. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't even have done on it. But for me, I don't know about gold and silver. I can remember Rock Tunnel because I had no idea how to get flash <laughs> in the first the first game, which is funny. Um, Madge. Uh, friend of the podcast who has been streaming a lot of Pokemon recently um, had a similar issue because it's a darkened area and if you don't know about Flash you just walk into walls. So it's a great mechanic Great mechanic. Aye, aye, it's good. Um, the other one as well, remember Koga's gym in the first first edition that had the invisible walls? Oh, it was like a Sorry. maze but you had to build up an image of the maze in your head. Yeah, and then you've got other ones as well, so Lieutenant Surge which is the third gym in Gen 1 yeah. where it's, you have to push the buttons Obviously, I was pretty simple as a child. Like, I didn't know it was just the one directly above. I'd be like randomly clicking them all over the place. And, oh, or it was like just... the ice ones where you slid, you would keep sliding until you hit, hit something. The ice one in Gen 2, yes. That is the worst. No, oh, I tell you what got me God. stuck in that game. And it, credit to him, it was Bundy that told me how to do it. You get to a certain point where it's just like you can't progress, everything's sort of jammed, you can't work out what it is. Pseudo Widow turns it as a tree. You try cut it, it jiggles a bit. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. You had to splash water on it. Who the fuck knew that? It's a rock type, so we tip, but yeah, I know what you Madness. mean. Um, I mean, you try and cut a tree, and it's actually a living thing. You would think it would retaliate, doesn't it? Just jiggle. But remember, that's when it was heavily pushed to buy, um, what do you call them? Instruct- not instruction books, what do you call them? The guides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's the name of them? That's going to drive me nuts. But you know the, the game guides? Aye. that the developers uh, write for you that's going to drive me nuts we'll find we'll find out later on because we'll go we'll go absolutely mental but um you know what i'm on about they I, were so I, don't know, I know but I, I, I quite i quite liked that idea so obviously now you can just google something in youtube stuff yeah. like how how often do we fucking youtube how to do stuff on games currently um all the time daily how for me on cloud strike <laughs> You had to fit Destiny in. I was going to avoid saying it. I was going to avoid saying it, but you just had to sneak well, no, it in. I've got a point later where it's going to, where it's valid when we speak about the mobile section. So anyway. Cool. Gun, but what, gun, I was yeah. gonna, what I was going to touch on, obviously you get these answers from people you don't know. So you go into YouTube, you get answers from which is great. But there was there's something really cool about going to the playground or speaking to your mates and saying, what the fuck do you do here? And they're like showing you, oh, I've caught this, I've done this, this is how you do this. Yeah. Like that's knowledge coming from first hand, which is really cool, which you don't see much of in gaming now because yeah. obviously a lot of it's done online. But I'm going to move away from the games for a little section because um, we could talk about them all day. Easily. And I just... Did you watch the TV series? Yes. How much can you remember of the TV series? Up until the first movie. Mm. Do you remember the first movie when you went to see it? You got given promo Pokemon cards. I you didn't got given... go see it. I got it on video. I've actually got a memory of uh, going to see it. And it was in 
the, the town where I actually stayed now, the cinema shut down and I begged and begged my mum. I actually asked my dad, my dad was like, no chance. And I, I begged my mum, and mum went, right, I'll take you. And I kid you not, mate, she slept all the way through it, but she snored. Like, I mean, properly snoring. And I'm like a wee boy, like, loving this. And she's sitting beside me, snoring the place down. And I'm like, go on, sh- mum, shush. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But, um, yeah, some of the stuff about the TV series is insane. So the TV started on April 1997. Do you, want, do you want to have a guess of how many seasons it's had? It's still going now, isn't it? It is still going. That was actually one of the questions, so I'll give you that already. All right. Um, right. Uh, well, 23. I'm going 20. one a year. 20. 20. Jeez. That's, that's stupid consistent, isn't it? Here's the other crazy one. How many episodes, roughly? Jesus. Uh, so there's 20, 20 seasons. 200? Nowhere near me. A thousand. How much do they have in a season? Wow. Aye, it goes on for like crazy numbers. But the craziest one as well, which I didn't know, out of any child's TV series, it's the most aired around the world. Over 169 countries viewed it. And it was viewed over channels, which is just phenomenal. When you think about any sort of phenomenon whether it's gaming or TV show or whatever, how many are that universal? It's a brand, you see the logo and everybody, regardless of their age or where they live, knows what it is. It's pretty that, rare that, to get something like this. Well, you think how big like TV series have got nationally now with things like Game of Thrones, um, The Witcher arguably, there's loads of examples, Breaking Bad, I'm just naming some off the top of my head. Yeah. Because of, because of platforms like Netflix, there's such an accessibility to it. This was when it probably wasn't as accessible, and you're talking 169 countries are watching a kid's TV series. That's just nuts. That's it's insane. It's, I, like When I started looking at the stats, there was one I found out recently, and it's Pokemon is now the largest... Um, not only toy brand, but game brand in the world. Um, Think about the competition. That's Jeez. bigger than Disney, mate. Bigger than Disney. Um, to give you an actual number, I had one. So how much do you think the franchise is worth? Oh, I knew it. See, I knew what Pokemon Go was worth at one point. Just the franchise as a whole, roughly. So I'll tell you now. It's 10 billion. Over Ten. 90 billion. Jesus. Mate, that's more than Star Wars. Ah. It's just insane. To give you an example, it's the second best-selling video game series of all time, and it's sold over 360 Wait, million copies. Super Mario. Oh, jeez. No. Right. Um, okay. But this is a crazy one. Over 1 billion game downloads on mobile, which we're going to touch on in a little bit. Yep. Which I've I'll probably... i research on that. <laughs> I'm going to let you lead the charge of that. So, you had... Yes. Pokemon Go. Talk about that phenomenon, because we're talking way in the future. Well, I think firstly, we need to talk about when it came out and the hype around it, because see, like we said, everybody kind of had an experience with it, sort of earlier life, maybe primary school sort of age, and then when this came out, I mean, you're, you were sort of living out that fantasy, being in that world and having your own adventure and your own team, and you would always think, imagine this in real life. This is as close as you're going to get with VR, Everybody can get it on their phone for free. And all of a sudden, it's just this huge phenomenon. Trespassing was just at an all-time high. <laughs> Wandering in people's gardens. It's all right, there's a rare one here. But it was, Mate. I mean, how popular was that? I didn't know anybody that didn't play it. 
mate, it was insane. And again, they done the crazy thing, and it was they made gaming exercise. Like you can say what you want about Nintendo, but in regards to doing revolutionary things for gaming, they fucking won it hands down. The stuff that they've done and created is insane. Making people like me, like fat lazy bastards and <laughs> children go out literally all day go stupid amounts of walking because you can't you can't just stand in your house and play it like it rewards you for the distance that you travel it's it's nuts and i think we actually touched on it in a previous episode number was, five think, episode five there we go i'm trying to remember my notes and i was remembering no. a joke about it like everybody at niantic and boko i must have had shares in mobile charger companies <laughs> at that point because holy fuck oh, they went mate. through the roof it chewed oh, your battery to start with. It's, I think it was better. And yeah, you need to mention that the, the updates in that game, since it, if you did play it maybe the first couple of months and then fell away, highly recommend you turn it on. Even if it's half an hour to have a look at what's changed, it is huge. Now, look for an update online. They've got like raids. They've got It's like quests, so... It's not quite seasonal, but there's things you can do to get really rare stuff. It's like bounties. It's like bounties. Aye, there's like story missions in it. There's the mm. events are huge. I mean, it's it's completely exploded. And the one thing I thought that was missing from it was a season pass because they, they they've got multiplayer. It's like leagues you can battle against different people and cap it oh. and at different windows of power, so you know at your depth. It, it's brilliant. So to me, put a season pass in that, and then they've got a a good way of monetizing it without just saying buy. What was it, incubators for eggs? If you had a season pass, you maybe got a few of them throughout, plus other things. That seems like a fairer way to do it, because you might think, right, I'll play it for the next, even if they made it three months, so four seasons in a year, you think, right, I'll play it for three months, and then I'll maybe miss it for the next one, then I'll join again, depending on what generation you like. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. I can remember, obviously, YouTube was probably, at, even at its peak then, would you argue? Yeah, it was close. Um, and I can remember not only watching British YouTubers, but American YouTubers, like LA YouTubers, and there would be thousands of people like down at the LA Piers. Uh, what's the name of the famous pier in LA? Santa Monica. Santa, Santa Monica. Francisco. Brilliant. Um, thank you for fixing that. But the, the, the amounts of people, and it brought people together like as a community for gaming like I have never seen. Some people hated it. But I have never seen a game bring people together like that ever. A game that you can phone up and go, right, let's let's go do A, B, and C. The one thing I really liked about it, and you'll be the same. You and I don't stay in rural places, but we don't stay in cities. Yeah. So obviously, there's the waypoint feature, and the way in which the waypoint feature works is that um, you go to certain landmarks and you can get rewarded for clicking on them, so you get pokeballs, etc. Lures, um, egg incubators, like you and touched on. And uh, it rewards you for obviously adventure and actually going out there and having a look. And it would be this, this the case of you'd be jumping the train to a city and go, I'm going to walk around the city and play Open this. the map and there's waypoints every few steps. Yeah. They change every street, whereas where we are, you'd maybe get you know, one or two in a village. I, I, it would encourage you to go out and do different things. And I think I cannot, I, and I think I said this in episode five, I can't think of a game that has made, made me change my life to that dramatic extent made me physically go right go and do this um apart from maybe destiny with the podcast sort of thing but you know you know what i mean there's uh, something scary as well i went on an advance of this to see i wonder if there's anything big and 
big changes. You can play as a rural player now. There's free stuff. There's daily bonuses. It makes it really easy. One thing I didn't know, for a park within range of where I stay at the moment, that's been made a stop. Now that's been done very recently because that was never on when I did play it, and that is sickening because it would have been so much easier to play it for the house. <laughs> oh. To give you an idea of how big this was, if you if you weren't part of it, if you lived in a hole, whatever, uh, was that businesses? <laughs> you seen were someone appeal- standing in your garden on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> businesses were appealing to Niantic. Yep. Niantic. Niantic. They were appealing to them to be pokey stops because it was helping business up. And people would be going in, having their dinner, or having coffee or whatever, and they'd be sitting there playing the game because they would benefit from being that. And people were advertising that as a factor, which is nuts. For something that's... Go on, you go. I was just going to say, uh, building that actually stepped up more recently. So they would get sponsorship, for example, for McDonald's or is it AT&T over there? And so their stores would become hotspots or whatever, lures or whatever it was at the time. And they made it bigger because you know how they had the Pokemon Go Fest, which is a huge yeah. event in Chicago. They started doing, I think it was called Safaris, which was like a smaller version, more localised, and they were able to put it into like certain malls or shopping centres. I mean, that's, that's the same thing, same. but the next scale up, so that if the centre was investing, then it, it was huge, and it just amazes me that they've managed to, to pull that off, and they've commercialised commercialized it really really well it's nuts and uh, do you know what actually I'd be actually keen see like I know we keep talking about doing some video content it's when the world's in a different place we just go out like you can screen capture and just does go out and like record just pick it up again and playing it I think it'd be really good crack Um, it's just I've never deleted it See, I have, but I've got, I've got it again. But uh, we could do raids if there's three years. We could actually do like raids and stuff. That would be cool. Nah, it would be cool. But yeah, I, I actually forgot to touch on it. It was you and it mentioned before we went live to say you need to talk about Pokemon Go, and I'm like, fucking right, I do actually. It was but, just like that next step, wasn't it? And technically, it's probably the first accessible VR game to everybody. I know, but um. I'm going to touch. I, I know you would think we'd probably touch on Pokemon Go as one of the later sections, but there's something that was uh, probably as big as the games in the past, and oh, it's now bigger. bigger. I, I would argue. I would argue it was bigger. Uh, yeah, probably. I'd give you that. Um, and now it's one of the biggest things in our media. <laughs> like Pokemon cards. So the Pokemon trading card game is insane. It's just went mental, and a lot of it's came down to Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul showed an interest. Um, he's one of the most viewed people, not only on social media but on YouTube as well. And there's always been Pokemon YouTubers. I've followed quite a few um, throughout the whole process. Um, Randolph, my one of my favourite ones is Vinny. Uh, he does randomizer playthroughs, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But um, it's just exploded in the value of cards. So obviously, the big one is a first, a base set, first edition Charizard. And here, I'm going to ask you the craziest question ever. Yeah. So, in October, right, a base set Charizard sold for how much? Uh, was it... I can, do you want a clue? Was it 300 or 1,000? So, it was Logic the Rapper who bought it. Obviously, you touched on him in a couple of episodes back. But you going for 300,000? 300,000, was it? Hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars. What am I thinking? I was maybe thinking of a box. 
Yeah, there was a uh, base set box that was sold for 300,000. Three seven five, I remember because I watched uh, Sidemen Sunday and it was who wants to be a millionaire. It was a question. <laughs> but I, 180,000, that's sickening, man. I mean, I, we spoke about it recently. How many people listening now will think, oh, I had a big stack of them somewhere. What did I do? And did they get thrown out? Did they get given to relatives or whatever? And you think, so- I wonder how much <laughs> fucking money was sitting there. Or, more realistically, when you had them, did you have a big stack of them or stacked unneatly, elastic band wrapped oh, 12 oh. times around it and stuffed into your trouser pocket and all, and even in the rain and stuff? Mate, so, funny story. Steph thought she still had them at her mum's in the garage. So I was like, ah, right, where are they? And uh, we found out it was they were in a bag with Lego, all loose, and a, a cat had pissed in them. So they're all fucked. So I was like, well, there's that. That seems to be a running theme today. But I, I, just, I was allowed. Like, you could have just wrung out your Pokemon cards. <laughs> but um, one of the, I remember it was second gen. So it was Neo Genesis was the pack. So they, they packs now are worth an absolute fortune. And I was out with my mum and dad in Glasgow. And I don't know what, but they were buying me a present or whatever it was. And they went, what do you want? And I went into Forbidden Planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I bought, now it was a booklet, and at the time it would have been expensive, I'm talking like 40 quid, and it was a booklet, like an actual holder, and it had the all the starters from Gen 2, which is gold and silver, so you had Totodile, Croconoff, Ralligator, Syndaquil, Quilava, Typhlosion, Chikorita, Bayleaf, Meganium, fucking yes, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that, but it was all them, and it was shiny, now they were Japanese, that was the one thing which reduces the value. To give you an idea, that Typhlosion alone now is worth in the region of three to five thousand pounds. Just that. I know I had card. one of them. I know I had one of them. Mate, I can even remember chucking them out. Oh, can, can you? Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you, was... I've actually got an update on that story because I, I was hoping you were going to tell that story. Well, I was. I would have been older, maybe, I don't know, early teens. And one of my younger cousins at the time was just getting into them. So there must have been a wave at the younger age group. And then my parents said, oh, you can have these. He doesn't use them anymore, do you? And I felt kind of peer pressure. Now I would have been like, fuck off. But back then I was like, ah, fine, whatever. And they gave it to them. And I never heard it again. They never, do you still have them? Don't know. They're older now, so I thought, ah, oh, fine. But they since ended up having a wee brother who's now... Ooh, primary school. Primary school, anyway. And then um, I was jokingly telling the story to my auntie, and it's her kids who got them. And their youngest kid, who wasn't born at the time that I handed them over, is now into this. And he had found them in a box of the loft, and so he's got all my old ones. And so for that reason, I was like, ah, you know what? They, they would have been mangled when I had them. If he's if he's got them, <laughs> they're going to be ruined. So at least he'll be able to go to school, and he'll have all the old ones, which is pretty cool. That is cool. But um, as I touched on in previous episodes, I'm on furlough, okay? And I had a little bit of money spare. And I've uh, I've been bidding on eBay for stuff. So not so much the shinies and stuff, because you're talking ridiculous money, but some of the old cards that were really sentimental to me, like ones you go back and you go, oh, that was a fucking sick card, even though it's worth nothing. And I've actually, for anyone watching live, you and if you're still watching the stream, yeah. um, I've uh, got a little bit out of control. 
there'll, there'll be a bit of a delay for me, so I'll catch it in a wee minute. But if you keep you'll talking, catch it in a minute, yeah. Well, but um, you you'll you'll see me going through it now. But uh, yeah, I've started collecting some stuff, and there's actually money to be made in some of them. So uh, I've got a little collection. I'm not going daft. It's it's stupid money when you really into it. But I've just enjoyed looking at some of the older cards. I don't know if you can remember. So obviously it was the base set, but there were some really cool sets. For example, there was the jungle set. Remember the jungle one? Yeah. There was the fossil set, which would yeah. have been our awesome rage as well. One of my favourites, which is worth the most now, is the Team Rocket set. And that's where you get like Dark Charizard, Dark Blastoise, these sort of things. And they are worth a fortune now. I know. As, uh, see the money, that's what that's what gets me. And if you watch, you know what? It's probably the best on it watch. See if you watch the, the Logan Paul stream, or maybe better, Randolph, who's actually a UK based, largely Pokemon streamer. He, he is pretty summarizes much now, yeah. It. yeah, that's his biggest thing. He summarizes the Logan Paul thing in a short video, and you can see it all. And he goes into his pack in depth, and he's talking about how much they're worth. <laughs> I've just seen Mate, that bit pop up not... on stream where the ones you've got. You have, I used to have one a wee bit like that as well. But uh, you can yeah. see the value at all, and and how it's sort of it just the, the the common ones you remember. Oh, they were sort of throwaway trainer cards or energy cards, whatever it was. You would think, oh, wasn't they too bothered about them? Just wanted the shiny big Pokemon, but uh, the money that they're all worth now. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is thinking, I know I had an X Y Z, so I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I know, but <laughs> I go back to my favourite uh, word for the podcast, and that's nostalgia. We touched on the very start, saying, is there any game franchise that gives you as much nostalgia as Pokemon? I would argue, no. Nah. And uh, recently, I felt like a child. Uh, well, actually, not so much a child, but reminded me of being a young, free teenager. And it was, uh, I got the Halo Master Chief collection for PC on sale. And the fact that I can play Halo Reach, um, stream it, etc., and play it, for example, Bundy and I are going to be playing it together, it just gave, gives you that little touch. And uh, that's accessible money to me. If you look at the people who are buying Pokemon cards, like Logic the Rapper, he is made of money. And if he can get some sort of nostalgia like that from cards, you just need to think, the way in which he looks at it, that's disposable income. £20 to me might be too grand to him. Yeah. But you know what I mean? So there is that to kind of think about. Can I ask a quick question? Go for it. Master Chief Collection, is it crossplay? Yes, and he's playing on Xbox, so you could also join... He's never told me that. I could be on this. We could do all three of us. That'd be good to the campaign. We've not, we've not started it. We've not started it. But um, right. we could definitely look at it. Like, I would love to take you through Halo 3. Uh, it's a Halo Reach, sorry. But Halo 3 is obviously a no brainer. Halo anyway, 3 is we'll, the best one in my opinion. We'll get into that in a separate episode. Aye, yeah. That's going to be an episode. But um, so the, I kind of, I, I was going to do a bit of a fact section, but I've kind of done it going through anyway because <laughs> a natural flow because it made sense do you know what I mean when I mean, you're talking about it um, one of, maybe we mentioned for... this point which isn't the one I, th- I think you would like to talk about do you want to talk <laughs> about the problem with it go on then do you, well first of all do you think there's a problem with it in what sense what the card aspect the game the franchise as a whole what any of them do you see a, a problem with any of them because there's a glaring one in my opinion there's some of the games that I really didn't enjoy. There's some of the changes that have been made I didn't enjoy. Uh, I think some of the designs got extremely lazy. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with you. Is that what you were going to touch on? Uh, there's one in particular, and I'm going to call it Game of Thrones Syndrome. Okay. Oh no! Don't don't make me relive the last series. <laughs> don't, hear me, don't hear do me out in this one. 
Would you agree the problems came when the TV show went beyond what was already written for it in the books? Yes. Okay. Right. If you think about the success of Pokemon Go, and it's got a huge amount of active players, like concurrent players at the moment, they are rapidly running out of generations to put in it. I reckon it's got a few years left, then what the fuck's going to happen? It's got to the point where they've started not releasing generation at a time, but a couple at a time from the new generations to try and slow it down. That's not going to hold people for that long, in my opinion. So well, I so think that many. game is going to fall off at some point because they're going to catch up the generations and need to do something to keep it fresh. And they've, they've been using those ideas in between generations at the minute. Yeah, but it's the the thing you need to. Find, I should have pulled that number because I don't actually know. There's like over eight hundred Pokemon, which is just it's a lot. But again, the the more active they are, like the more active Pokemon in it, the more diluted it becomes, and essentially harder it is to target certain ones because you have to wait for events where it's only certain generations or certain types appearing, hmm. or do no. I, I would agree with you in that sense. I think. Uh, Certainly some of the, the turns that they took, so for example, they introduced Fairy as a type in because Dragon was just ridiculously overpowered. Yeah. Some There was some weird... Like, I know why they done it, but I wasn't a, a massive fan. Uh, the only other stuff I was actually going to touch on for sort of facts and stuff was some really cool ones. So for example, you know Hitmon Lee and Hitmon Chan? Yeah. Based oh, off yeah. of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, stuff like that is really cool. Uh, the really freaky one was Lavender Town. In Gen 1, which has got the eerie music and it's all the ghosts, yeah. it's actually based off a school in Japan, which was a bunch of kids committing suicide. It was like really, really dark. And there was all these rumours that if you played the song backwards, it was them saying, help me and all this. It was just... I just wanted to touch on that. Well, it's not... It's been, proven, <laughs> it's been proven wrong. It's false. Yeah. But that, that was a massive rumour for a long, long time. Uh, but yes, the numbers alone is just nuts. Like not only for Pokemon Go, but for cards now, for the games. It's just see, I think people are not realizing the cards now. Obviously, how big it is. It's not only YouTube, Twitch. It's everywhere. It was like that in the nineties. It but was, there was to, no yes, social media to spread it as much. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. Like if you speak to any parent that had kids of our age, they will tell you the same thing. They will know about it. And that's when you know how big it is. Do you remember yes, the getting money. pocket money and spending it? Because I remember the pocket money yeah. at the time. It was £2.50 I got. And then that happened to be the same amount for a pack. <laughs> I, I remember that. I used to hoover the hall and stairs on a Friday. And that would get me a pack. <laughs> Can't beat it, can you? I know. Oh. But, um, so that's about the facts. The only last bit I wanted to touch on, because it's such a broad spectrum, was just kind of touch on some basic questions for one another. So just back and forward. Kind of like we've done on the very first podcast episode, which mm. I re-listened to um, last week, and it was cringy, shall we say. But um, it gives you a good oh, idea yes. of progression. Exactly, mate. That's what I was about to say. But no, it was just to touch on some questions. So I think this is a very hard question, so you can give a few examples. And anyone who's watching live, you'll probably get some uh, sneaky ideas of what we're going to say. So any standout Pokemon that you still like using or you really really enjoy or relate with. Typhlosion, first starter for me. Because that's the generation I started in. I loved it. Loved it to Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? What? It's a honey badger. That's alright, that was my favourite gun in one of the Call of Duties as well. 
Well, they're also they're fucking badass. You do not mess with a honey badger. No, I always thought it was quite funny because we played against a team once, and I thought honey badger. That's a strange kind of team they have. And then I looked them up. I was like, "Fuck me, they're aggressive." But anyway, what's yours? Um, so if I you have to pick one, one, you need to pick one. You have to I pick can't, one. I can't. Then we have to pick one. Right, if you can say you to pick one for your screen. I know, but for starters, <laughs> for starters, it's Blastoise. Okay. I, I, to be the meme, I like turtles. <laughs> I had a Blastoise uh, on my wall for years, like drawing on it. No, that's cool. That's cool as fuck. But yeah, I, lo- I love Blastoise as a starter. It's really, really cool. I also love Fraligator and Gen 2. Typhlosion. Well, we go awesome. through a favourite starter on each one. Yeah, that, that's a good way to do it. So let's start. Blastoise. Right, Blastoise, Charizard, Venusaur. We both agree Blastoise. I think we need to agree Blastoise. Gen 2. Well, wait, wait, wait. Don't jump the gun. Who's second? In Gen 1. You can, but see if we're talking what one looks cool as Charizard. See if what one's best in games. It's Venusaur. Venusaur's the best out of the three of them, but yeah. Um, I would say one and then a joint second, to be honest. Aye, I'm, I'm, I'm alright with that. I'm cool with that. Gen 2. Let you lead this one. Typhlosion, Fraligator, and then Meganium. Um, I would do Fraligator Typhlosion Meganium but that that difference is so tiny I tell you like the problem see tiny. when you're going through gyms and stuff like as you go through the game hmm. see when you pick a starter you hmm. never pick the grass one when you actually work it out because you can get grass Pokemon at the start of every game quite easy and then well, look, most of them you... have got water everywhere as well though yeah true so the, I reckon the fire ones are pretty consistently popular, but then it gets to the point where your enemy that you're fight, you know your rival that appears, they always yeah. have the the one that's best against you. So see if you were to pick a grass one, they'd have fire. So if the idea is you pick the fire one at the start, you know they've got to have water, but again you get grass at the start easy, which is quite easy to catch and then fight against that. So it's it's almost like grass is handicapped in a sense. I would say as a starter. I know. See, I'll Deep have dive. to. What about Gen Three? So for Gen Three, for me, I think it's really difficult because I don't particularly like any of them. A lot of people rate it as the best starters um, as a whole, but I'm just kind of like, eh. Probably um, mine would be joint first for Sceptile and Swampert, and then Blaziken. People love Blaziken as well, but I'm just me. Eh. It's a fighting chicken. It's because it's fire and fighting, which is a really rare combo. I get it, but I just I never picked that one. Um, I'm sure I always picked Sceptile for that just because I thought it looked really cool. Despite the fact that I just said grass is a bad starter, which it is. Depends what gen, but... There's not uh, really cool grass Pokemon that you find throughout it that could replace Sceptile, really, as the best no. one. No. Um, any other sort of standout ones that you just like? So for me, like I loved Golem in Gen 1, uh, which is obviously the wee, the wee guy you can see in the corner, my avatar, shall we say. Is there any sort of ones that you really, really liked? I love Mewtwo. There's just something quite cool about Mewtwo. Um, are we talking any generation? or? Aye, just some... Here's a better one. I know that's quite difficult. Is there any types that you really, really like? So, for example, with me, I love ground types. I like the majority of them. Um, I mean, I, I quite like the electric ones, some of them, but they, they were a bit niche. If... If I had to twist your arm, you picked two legendaries you liked, could you? Because I'm just thinking of the, the other categories. I would class legendaries separately. If you could pick two, yeah. 
for like I, any generation. I think Gen Two has got the best legendaries out of any generation. Um, Gen Three is quite close, but I, if I had to pick, it would probably be Lugia and Rayquaza. Rayquaza is a bit of a banger. I'll give you that. Um, because I mean, you're talking Groudon, Kyogre, Lugia, Ho. You're talking about the three legendary birds, the three legendary beasts. The it's dogs are a Celebi. Celebi, shite. That's a mythical. That's shite. Mew, Mew too. I suppose you could argue mythical, but I, I think. See, for me, I thought the, I always thought the birds were quite cool in it, and the beasts were quite cool in it. So, Reiko, the electric beast. Reiko was my favourite of the dogs. He was because cool it was a tiger. Fun. Yeah, and. Jumping a few, see when you look at Dialga and Palkia, Dialga or even Kyogre and Groudon, I thought Groudon and but I'll, I'll probably go Dialga, that was the coolest one. Groudon was really cool because I, one of my favourites, so pseudo legendaries, you might not know what that means. I'm not sure if you do, no. You're so patronising, it's unreal. I don't mean it. <laughs> On you go. Do you know what a pseudo legendary is? Part legendary, it's not complete legendary. So, for example, ones that you would only get one of in the game. It's ones no, it's it's ones that have a base stat total over five hundred. It's the ones that have the highest base stats total in each gen. I didn't think the stats were what deemed whether they were legendary or not. So it's not technically legendary, pseudo legendary, it, it means pretty much fake. So for example, Gen one would be Dragonite, uh, oh, Gen okay. two say Tyranitar, Gen Three's Metagross and Salamence. Yes. Uh, These are all like some... Pokemon Go meta ones. <laughs> Aye, like for me. Well, I was just going to touch on, like, I, I wasn't a fan of Dragonite, but I loved Tyranitar. It's based off Godzilla. Like, what, yeah. how can you love it? Was there any... They can end up with fire moves, really. Uh, like you say, Tyranitar's probably probably up there. There was... I, I really want to my phone and have a look at the, the Pokedex, actually. I think that would help, <laughs> but... Nah, uh, I, there, there's probably a few that I'm forgetting, but... Nah, Tyranitar's probably up there for me. Try to think of any like that in Gen 1. Other than Dragonite. It was it. There was only one, which was Dragonite. Gen 3. Gen 3 was the first to introduce more than one. But um, no, I could I could go with that. The, the, what was I going to say? Kind of going back to cards, just general questions. Is there any cards that you can remember that you had that you Typhlosion. absolutely loved? Did you have Typhlosion. a Typhlosion? I had a weird-looking Mewtwo that was like completely foil. Same with a Mew. I had one of the two starters, it wasn't Charizard. I can't mind if it was shiny or no, but I remember it's fairly mild. I had... If you can't tell if I'm thinking hard or crying, it's a bit of both. Um, <laughs> I had Gen 2 stuff, but I can't mind for the life of me. I had Hunter. It was like... It wasn't even a shoebox, it was like a big storage box full of cards and it was just ridiculous. In fact, since talking about this with Bundy probably about a month ago, he was like, you need to have a look for them, I'm going to rake for mine, so I was like, alright, fine. I had a rake for other stuff, and all I found was a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I found Beyblades, I found fucking Jewel Masters cards, that was something we all played. Stupid amounts of cards, but no Pokemon cards. Keep the Yu-Gi-Oh ones, because supposedly that'll be the... That'll be next, the... if you're going by the timeline. <laughs> Pretty much, mate, yeah. So it's keep... just no as big a franchise, you know? Nah, it's just... It was just a little bit later to the scene. Um, I don't know if you've got any sort of questions, just general sort of... Because the, ga- the games, the whole franchise as a whole, you could sit and talk about it all day. 
Well, there's quite a lot. I've got a Go point that's now worth talking. I don't know if it's a question. Do you think the fact that this is only on Nintendo consoles makes that a selling point? So, for example, if it was on any console, say you could get it on your Xbox, your PC, or whatever, would you then no longer buy like a Nintendo Switch or something? I think most would, but the thing is, it's not only the games, but Nintendo as a whole are the consoles that change what they do in regards to it. it's not just a upgraded console it's got features like touchscreen it'll, compl- it'll change the features all the time mm-hmm. but what it'll do is it'll completely integrate that into the game Yeah, yeah. so I think a way to look at it for me, Pokemon is Nintendo, well, Xbox's Xbox's, eh, I can't say the word today, Xbox's version of Halo Okay, uh, so play- it's sort of like the flagship Mar- game of course, it is. Like as much as Mario is technically bigger, I think Pokemon is more of a a money maker as a franchise as a whole. It's got to be. It might be second in regards to game sales, but as a as a brand, as a franchise, it must be bigger. I mean, it's one of the main reasons I got a GameCube, Pokemon Coliseum, and is it, is it Star Fox? Something like that. For a few games, uh, it was bizarre. I never played any of the Coliseum games or stuff. It was just kind of the more generic ones, but people absolutely adore them. Good. I've still got a GameCube and Coliseum if you want to show you, mate. Mate, fucking right. That could be a few beers. Get me a paint, <laughs> get me a, paint a wall and then uh, get, that, get that set up. Oh, it's but, wild. It's actually a but, good game, to be fair. Yeah, but I think uh, that's kind of a good point to stop. It's, it's always difficult with these sort of topics because you could go on so long and like we could have talked about the games so in depth but I know we were quite loose around them just talking about more our favourites and whatnot. but it's just too big to kind of cram it into that sort of hour that hour sweet point but um, have you got anything to touch on you before we finish up? No I'm happy with that I mean uh, I think there's a huge sort of drive behind pack openings and now it's even if you go on any sort of content stream whether it's stream, YouTube, Twitch, whatever, you can see this on it now, so I don't know if it's going to pike, pike, peak and then dip again. Mm. Or if this is like the start of a big resurgence and this has just got to become a phenomenon again, it's hard to say. Hard to say. You just never know, mate. But um, No, I think it was very important to do something very light-hearted and fun after last week's episode. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, check it out. Um a friend of ours, Dan, she's a really powerful story. Um, obviously, this episode is just a bit of fun um, and that nostalgia note again. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's good to mix it up, and I think that's what we're all about. It's not the case of you're getting the same thing every week. I couldn't think of another podcast that's jumped from mental health, suicide, all this sort of stuff to Pokemon. I mean, we we speak about it quite a lot. In a way, we've shot ourselves in the foot because we're not going to get a lot of recurring viewers because you might just see a subject and think, fuck it, it's not for me. You see another one, you think, that's perfect. You might get people who listen once and never again. So if you look at our stats, it's it's very much an up and graph. It's bizarre. There's no trend. There's no trend, There's no. No trend whatsoever. And the listener retention goes up and down wildly as well. Yeah, I think the big trend is that obviously guest episodes do well because a yeah. lot of the guests that we bring on have a bit of a community behind them or a group of people that are interested to hear them. Or so, even just the people who are experts as opposed to just us three talking about shit. Exactly. You know, people who actually know a lot about it, so you trust it, whereas if you hear us say something, it's 
probably shite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this has been episode 28 of the Time In podcast, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. So, Ewan, did you ever manage to catch them all? Nah, but Bundy did. He's been to the clinic, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs>